in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit one God Amen. We will continue our Bible study from the Gospel of Saint Luke, chapter eight, starting from verse twenty-six. Then they sailed to the country of the Gadarenes, which is opposite Galilee. Gadarenes, by most estimates, this was on the eastern side of the Sea of Galilee. And some Jews resided in this city but this city was mostly occupied by Gentiles, by Gentiles. Verse 27, And when he stepped out on the land, there met him a certain man from the city, who had demons for a long time, and he wore no clothes, nor did he live in a house, but in the tombs. This description in verse 27 is the most detailed description of a demon-possessed man in the Bible. And this description is the classic profile of a man possessed with demons. St. Luke said he was met Jesus was met by a demon-possessed man. This means that Jesus did not directly seek out to reach this man, but the man was drawn to Jesus. Yes, in the economy of God, that the Lord sailed to gatherings in order to meet this man, but directly he did not seek him out but the man was drawn to the Lord Jesus Christ. St. Luke portrays the character of the Savior as a friend who works continuously for the sake of one or two people. And the Lord went to this city mainly for this man. All what he did in this city to heal this man then he took the boat and went back to Galilee. So, even though these people might be rejected by the community or by the city and, or, and living in the tombs like this man, but the Lord came for the rejected, for those who are not esteemed by the community. Verse 28, when he saw Jesus, just seeing him, he cried out, fell down before him, and with a loud voice said, what have I to do with you, Jesus, son of the most high God? I beg you, do not torment me. For 
he had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man. So the Lord commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man. That's why he told him, what I have to do with you, do not torment me. For it had often seized him, and he was kept under guard, bound with the chains and shackles, and he broke the bonds. So these demons were very strong to the extent this man was able to break the bonds and the chains and the shackles and was driven by the demon into the wilderness. So just the sight of Jesus appears to have produced an extraordinary impression on this man. So he said to the Lord Jesus, or the demons spoke on his mouth, saying, what do you want with me, Jesus? This phrase is a common Jewish phrase, occurred many times in the Old Testament, signifying a quick refusal of some request. The Lord commanded the unclean spirit, so they refused to this request or I wish not to be troubled with the company or the requests of others. Basically, this phrase means leave me alone. Depart from me and leave me alone. Then the demon said something very strange to the Lord Jesus Christ. They asked him, do not torment me or do not torture me. And this was an ironic statement because the man was constantly tormented by the demons, overwhelming him in his body, his mind, and his soul. Yet the demons asked the Lord Jesus Christ not to uh, torment them because the demons thought that Jesus might torment them. And it appears that the demons exceedingly feared the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. These demons, as I said, they were not weak. They were very strong, violent, uncontrollable, hate to be restrained. That's why when they bound the man with the chains and shackles, he actually break or broke the, the chains and the, the shackles. The demon possessed man was kept bound with chains and in shackles that he might not be harmful either to others or to himself, but he broke them. So they are perfectly at the command and under the power of our Lord Jesus Christ. They knew it in spite of their power, but the Lord has more power over them Definitely because he is God. Then the Lord asked the man, Jesus asked him saying, what's your name? And instead of saying his human name, the demons answered on his mouth. And he said, legion. Because many demons had entered him. So, this question, what's your name, 
was bought for the sake of those who were with the Lord Jesus Christ. Partly that the miserable condition of this man might be known. Even he forgot his human name. Even he cannot answer his human name. Demons now have control over him, even over his words. And partly that his own power, the power of our Lord Jesus Christ, might be more manifest in the disposition when they know that at least 6,000 demons possessed this man. Also, the question was to recall to the man's mind that he had once a human name with all its memories of human fellowship, but now he is isolated in tombs once he was possessed with demon. Legion consists of 6,000 soldiers, so this man most probably was possessed with 6,000 demons. Uh, verse 31, and they begged him that he would not command them to go out into the abyss. So they begged him that the, he doesn't command them to go into the abyss. Abyss is Hades, is the deep place of their torment. As we read in Revelation chapter 9, uh, verse 1 and 2 and verse 11. So they acknowledged that the Lord Jesus Christ could easily, unjustly send them to the abyss. Verse 32. Now a herd of many swine was feeding there on the mountain. So they begged him that he would permit them to enter them, the swine. And he permitted them. Then the demons went out of the man and entered the swine. And the herd ran violently down the steep place into the lake and drowned. This is an instance of the demons' extensive enmity. When they cannot destroy the person, they will destroy his goods. So in this situation, they could not destroy the man who was possessed, so they killed the swine and the pigs. If they could not hurt them, if they could not hurt the people in their bodies, they would hurt them in their goods in their belongings. But the question, why did the Lord Jesus Christ allow the demons to take possession of the swine herd? Knowing definitely the Lord knew that they will rush down the steep bank and they will be drowned. These swine were actually kept 
in a Jewish property. And this is a violation to the law of God because swine was considered unclean animals in the Jewish law. So keeping swine is a violation to the law of God. So our Lord Jesus Christ wished to show them his anger at their open disobedience. Verse 34, when those who fed them saw what had happened, they fled and told it in the city and in the country. Then they went out to see what had happened and came to Jesus and found the man from whom the demons had departed sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. They also, who had seen it, told them, told the people of the city, by what means he would have He would have been, by, by what means he who had been demon-possessed was healed. Then the whole multitude of the surrounding regions of the Gadarenes, so not only the city of the Gadarenes, but this, even the surrounding region, all the city around them, asked him, asked the Lord Jesus Christ to depart from them for they were seized with great fear, and he got into the boat and returned. So when the people who fed the pigs saw what was done, they fled and went and told it in the city and in the country. The men who kept the swine had witnessed the whole matter, the whole miracle. They saw that the master uttered the word go, and the, div the devils went out of the man possessed by them and entered into the herd of the swine, which became and immediately ran furiously down the cliff into the sea and were drowned. This miracle, filled them with great fear. And the people went out from their respective places of abode to see with their own eyes what happened to the swine. And they saw the man was quiet and serene in a humble posture, sitting at the feet of our Lord Jesus Christ. And let us see here how the whole town responded to this miracle and the loss of the swine. They feared him, they feared the Lord Jesus Christ, but they asked him to leave. They feared him maybe because they considered that he will discipline them for breaking the law because they kept the swine. So they were thinking what other penalties or severe judgment might the Lord Jesus Christ impose on them 
besides the loss of the swine. And St. Luke was very careful to involve the whole population in the request that Jesus would leave the country. So not only the Gadarenes, but the surrounding region of the Gadarenes. And he gave as the reason they were possessed with a great fear. They were panic-stricken. It is actually interesting to know that they did not seem to mind having this man possessed with the demon among them. But they did mind having Jesus in their midst. So the Lord departed. The Lord can impose himself on anybody. So he took the boat and left. But the man, as we read in verse 38, now the man from whom the demons had departed begged him that he might be with him. But Jesus sent him away, saying, Return to your own house and tell what great things God has done for you. And he went his way and proclaimed throughout the whole city what great things Jesus had done for him. So the Lord told him, Tell what great things God has done for you. The man went and said to the whole city what great things Jesus had done for him. And there is no contradiction here because Jesus is God. Jesus is God. So, uh, the restored man longed to remain with his deliverer, with the Lord Jesus Christ. But this was not permitted. Jesus did not agree. Why the Lord did not allow this grateful man to join his disciples and to be one of his immediate followers? Perhaps through his ministry and through his testimony, some of the hard-hearted Gadarenes will believe and will be won by his testimony. So the Lord told him, your work, your mission is among your own people. Stay among your own people and tell them what actually happened to them, happened to him. And then he, indeed this man stayed among his own people and he worked as diligent evangelist. This story showed the value of one life to the Lord Jesus Christ. He went to this city only for this person. He didn't do anything except healing this one person. This was the only reason why the Lord Jesus Christ came to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. Also, this story shows that with Jesus, no one is beyond hope. If this man could be healed, then anyone could be changed. And as I told you, the Lord told him, tell what great things God has done for you. 
and the man spoke to others of what great thing Jesus had done for him. There is no contradiction because Jesus is God. From verse 40 to the end of the chapter, we will have two miracles. One story, but two miracles. The healing of the bleeding woman and the reason of the daughter of Jairus. Verse 40, so it was when Jesus returned to the other side, to Galilee, that the multitude welcomed him for they were all waiting for him. So, uh, in all three accounts, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, the story of raising the daughter of Jairus is interrupted by the healing of the woman who touched the garment of Jesus to be healed from her bleeding. Jesus left the Gentile region around the Sea of Galilee where he met this man possessed by demons. Now he returned to the Jewish towns on the other side. And large crowd were all waiting for him. So there is actually a striking contrast here. In the Gadarene, all the people of the city and surrounding region asked him to leave. On the other side of the Sea of Galilee, multitudes thronged him. They were waiting for him. So, this, the public request to meet him, met with intense sincerity of one holding such a position, is clear proof that the Galilee enthusiasm for Jesus was by no means limited to the poorer part of population. This is about Jairus, verse 41. And behold, there came a man named Jairus, or Jairus. And he was a ruler of the synagogue, ruler of the synagogue. And he fell down at Jesus' feet and begged him to come to his house. For he had an only daughter, about 12 years, years of age. And she was dying. But as he went, the multitude thronged him. So, this public request when a rich man like Jairus, ruler of the synagogue, and made a public request in front of everybody, and he made this request with intense sincerity. He bowed down at the feet of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he is one of high rank, hold such position, ruler of the synagogue. This is a clear proof that the Galilee enthusiasm for Jesus was not limited only to the poorer part of population. Here we have a rich man actually asking the Lord Jesus Christ to come to his house. Such a man as Jairus is a fair representative of the well-to-do, perhaps wealthy, Orthodox Jew, strict, 
and held in high honor by his fellow Jewish citizens. And he showed great reverence and humility by bowing down at the feet of our Lord Jesus Christ. But in spite of his humility and also being ruler of the synagogue, yet his faith was weaker than the centurion. Do you remember the story of the centurion? Jairus asked the Lord to come to his house to heal his daughter who was dying. But the centurion believed that the Lord was able to heal his boy with a word from afar off. And there was no need for the Lord to come to his house. He told him, say a word and my servant will be healed. I am a man under authority. I say to this go and to this come and, and, and they obey me. Also, the centurion thought he was not worthy that the Lord enter his house. But Jairus asked the Lord to enter his house. So while the Lord was going to the house of Jairus, interruption happened. Happened by a woman who was bleeding. Verse 43, now a woman having a flow of blood for 12 years. How old was Jairus' daughter? 12 years. So here this woman also was bleeding for 12 years. So from the moment of the birth of the daughter of Jairus, this woman actually was bleeding for 12 years. And now we have this woman very ill and daughter, uh, Jairus' daughter was dying. And this woman who had spent all her livelihood on physician and could not be healed by any. Luke, as a physician, he referred to the physician here in respect. But in Matthew and Mark, uh, it was mentioned she was tormented by the physician. So this woman came from behind and touched the border of his garment. And immediately her flow of blood stopped. So this woman was in desperate condition. Why? Beside her illness physically, her bleeding made her ceremonially and socially unclean. And this would be quite a burden to live under for 12 years. According to Leviticus chapter 15, a bleeding woman, she is unclean. Not only she is unclean, but anything on which she sat or laid became unclean. Anyone who touched her or her bed or garments became unclean. So continuing in this state of ritual impurity, beside her illness, she became weak from all this bleeding. So 
we can conclude that even she could not attend her synagogue or temple worship because she is unclean. Luke, being a physician himself, writes candidly, could not be healed by any, not like Matthew and Mark. But this woman's condition was embarrassing because she was ceremonially unclean. And she should not be among the crowd, actually. Because anyone touched her would be unclean. And would be condemned for touching Jesus or even being in the prison crowd. That's why she wanted to be healed secretly. She did not come publicly like Jairus to ask for healing. So she did not openly ask the Lord Jesus Christ to be healed. But she approached the Lord Jesus Christ with faith. She believed in the healing power of the Lord Jesus Christ. Even the border of his garment. If she touched the border of his garment, this actually can be the reason for her healing. So she came and touched the tassel. The tassel was part that all the Jewish, especially the righteous men of the covenant, were required to wear on their outer garment. So she came from behind the Lord Jesus Christ and touched the, the tassel. And Jesus said, who touched me? When all denied it, Peter and those with him said, Master, the multitudes throng and press you, and you say, who touched me? But Jesus said, somebody touched me, for I perceived the power going out from me. Who touched me? This question made no sense to the disciples. Just St. Luke told us that the multitude thronged him. And Jesus seemed annoyed that someone touched him. They were people all about who pressed in on Jesus, around him, who made some kind of contact with him. That's why Peter and the disciples did not understand the difference between the casual conduct with Jesus Christ and reaching out to touch him in faith. So they were surprised and asked him, the multitude press around you and you say, who touched me? But the Lord said, no, one, only one. Somebody touched me with the conscious, voluntarily dependent touch of faith, reaching forth its hand expressly to have contact with me. Actually, this verse or this question who touched me, every divine liturgy, every vesper or meeting like this, every Bible study, every youth meeting, every uh, family meeting, 
I imagine the Lord Jesus Christ at the end of the meeting will ask the same question. Who touched me? And we like Peter and the disciples say to the Lord, who touched me? We have huge number of people attended the liturgy today or attended Vesper or attended the Bible study. Are you asking who touched me? He would say yes. Many people just came in a casual contact with me. But I am asking about those who connected with me, who touched me in faith. So they receive power from me to be healed from their sins, to be forgiven from their iniquities. Who touched me? Who was able to get this power from me? I perceive that power came out of me. So these people, only these people, Jesus acknowledges and seek out who touched me. Augustine said, multitudes still come similarly close to Christ in the means of grace. In means of grace means all our activities. But all to no purpose. Most of us, we come with no purpose, attending all these church services with no purpose, being only sucked into the crowd. Just I am part of the crowd. But the voluntary, living contact of faith is like electric conductor, which alone draws virtue and power out of the Lord Jesus Christ to be. When we touch him, when we connect with him in this power. Verse 47. Now when the woman saw that she was not hidden, she came trembling and falling down before him. She declared to him in the presence of all the people the reason she had touched him and how she was healed immediately. And he said to her, Daughter, be of good cheer. Your faith has made you well. Go in peace. The woman realized that she was not hidden. Means that Jesus was looking right at her when he said, somebody touched me. Can imagine the Lord was looking at her and said, somebody touched me. So she felt she cannot deny it. So the woman had to come forward because Jesus knew who she was. He called her forward and this maybe embarrassed her. But the purpose of our Lord Jesus Christ was not to embarrass her, rather to bless her. Why the Lord called the woman? Why he did not let her go? She was healed and let her go, you know, secretly without making a public spectacle of her. Actually, he did so that she know that she is healed. Yes, it is true that she felt she was healed immediately. 
But this woman, like any other person, would begin to doubt and fear that if, whether she was really healed, she would wonder when the bleeding would return. But the Lord confirmed to her her healing when he told her, your faith has made you well. And Jesus called her forward so she would absolutely know that she was healed. Also, he did so, so the multitude knew that she was healed. Because the woman who had illness that no one could see, uh, this can make her a public outcast. For example, if she said to the people, uh, the bleeding stopped, maybe people would not believe her. But here when the Lord publicly announced her healing, so everybody can accept and receive her. It would sound suspicious to many if she just announced that she was healed after she went to physician for 12 years and she was not healed. No one could heal her. They would think that she made it up just to be considered clean again. That's why the Lord called her forward. So others would absolutely know that she was healed. And so she declared to him in the presence of all the people that she touched him. Also the Lord wanted to explain why she was healed when he told her, your faith has made you well. So it is not only the touching, because the crowd were touching him, but touching with faith. So the mere touching of the clothes of Jesus wouldn't heal her. But her faith, when she touched him with faith, this actually uh, healed her. Another reason, as I told you, the faith of Jairus was weak. He wanted the Lord to go to the house. So the Lord called her publicly in order Jairus could see the faith of this woman who said, if I touch only the border of his garment, I would be healed and be encouraged regarding his daughter. Uh, so the Lord called her in order to encourage someone else in his faith. And he wanted also to place her in a special way. How come? He called her daughter. Jesus never, when I say never, never recorded in the scripture. So never called any other person by this name, daughter, in the scripture. This is the only place in the Gospels where our Lord is reported to have used this loving word to any woman. So Jesus wanted her to come forth and hear this very special name of tenderness. Also, this woman did not suffer physically, 
but she suffered also psychologically. Can you imagine for 12 years, no one can touch her because of her uncleanness? She felt rejected. So she needed also a psychological healing, not only physical healing. And in the holistic approach, we deal with the person as a whole. Physicians should not deal with the person as body, but as body, spirit, and soul. Counselors should not deal with the person as soul, but as a whole, body, spirit, and a soul. Clergy and spiritual leaders should not deal with the people as spirit only, but as a whole, body, soul, and spirit. So here the Lord actually healed this woman from her illness, that is the body, then encouraged her faith by telling her, your faith has made you well. That's spiritual healing. Then psychologically, he told her daughter, she was rejected by everybody, considered her unclean. But here, the Messiah calling her daughter. And he granted her, her his peace when he told her, go in peace. So the Lord called her not only to hear her body. When she touched the garment, she was healed from her bleeding. But she needed healing for her soul and spirit also. That's why the Lord called her to tell her daughter, go in peace, psychological healing. Your faith has made you well. That is spiritual healing. Who was frustrated? Yairus. Because every minute counts. And now the Lord was talking with this woman. So Yairus was frustrated. And what happened? Verse 49. While he, Jesus, was still speaking, someone came from the ruler of the synagogue's house saying to him, your daughter is dead. Don't trouble the teacher. And I want you to imagine when Jairus heard these words. Maybe he started to blame the Lord Jesus Christ. You were talking to this woman and I told you, my daughter is dying. Why you did not come with me quickly? So it must have tortured Jairus to Jesus take time out to minister to this woman while his daughter suffered and was dying. But God is never slow. He often seems slow to the sufferer, but he is not slow. This interruption, which must have occupied some time, was no doubt a painful trial to Yairus' faith. This interruption was like a test of faith to Yairus. I want you to imagine how Yairus' heart 
sank down when he heard his daughter is dead. He must have thought, I knew this took long. I knew this took too long. I knew Jesus shouldn't waste his time with this woman. Now the situation is beyond repair. But Jesus gave Jairus two important commands. Verse 50. But when Jesus heard it, he answered him saying, Do not be afraid, only believe, and she will be made well. Do not be afraid, only believe. So Jesus gave Jairus two things to do. First, do not be afraid. Second, only believe. Do not be afraid. It sounds almost cruel for Jesus to say this to a man who just lost his daughter. Do not be afraid. But Jesus knew that fear and faith don't go together. Fear and faith don't go together. Why are you afraid, you of little faith? So, before Jairus could really trust Jesus and have faith, he had to decide, to decide, it's your decision to put away fear. Do not be afraid. Only believe. Don't try to believe while you are still afraid. Not going to work. You need to put away the fear, then the, the, the faith will come. Don't try to believe and make sense of the delay. Just believe. Only believe. Verse 51. When he came into the house, he permitted no one to go in except Peter, James, and John, and the father and the mother of the girl. This actually is the first time in the Gospel of Luke uh, to see Peter, James, and John have been singled out in the, uh, to accompany the Lord Jesus Christ. They will also accompany him when he ascends the Mount of Transfiguration in Luke chapter 9 and when he prays in the Garden of Gethsemane before his arrest. Verse 52. Now all wept and mourned for her. But he said, do not weep. She is not dead, but sleeping. Of course, Anybody would know the difference between sleeping and death. So what was the reaction? And they ridiculed him. As if they told him, don't we know the difference between if she asleep or if she dead? So they ridiculed him knowing that she was dead. So this statement, she is not dead but sleeping, is a statement of hope for the family. During that time, the time of our Lord Jesus Christ, and actually to recent time in Upper Egypt, 
I, I, I'm not sure whether until now they have this tradition or not. But when I was a child and I used to visit Upper Egypt, I saw this tradition uh, is happening there. What the tradition? It was customary to hire professional mourners to add to the atmosphere of grief and pain at death. They pay people just to come and weep and cry and lament. So, but these professional mourners just do it superficially. That's why they can switch from crying into laughing. Just they, they do like a profession. That's why when the, the Lord said she is not dead but sleeping, they start actually to laugh at him and they ridiculed him. Then the Lord actually, verse 54, but he put them all outside, all these professional mourners, and took her by the hand and called, saying, Little girl, arise. Then her spirit returned, and she arose immediately. And he commanded that she be given something to eat. And her parents were astonished, but he charged them to tell no one what had happened. Why the Lord asked them to leave the professional mourners? Because Jesus would have nothing to do with these people who do not believe his promises. They did not believe that he can raise her from the dead. So he drove them out so that he would not discourage the, they would not discourage the faith of Jairus. And because Jesus is God, he spoke to the girl as if she was alive, little girl arise. Jesus spoke to this girl with the power of God because he is God. And she was raised from the dead. And he commanded that she be given something to eat. Again, this tenderness, this compassion. She had been grievously ill for so long, sick, dying. So the master felt she would at once, after her long abstinence, need food. So even the mother of the child was not so motherly as the Lord Jesus Christ, who cared even about, you know, her food and her eating. But the Lord charged them to tell no one what had happened. Why? As I told you in Galilee, people were so excited. A, a, a huge multitude were, was waiting for him. Multitudes thronged him. So the Lord did not need extra attention or extra attraction because the crowd which followed him were increasing. So this excitement, the Lord foreknew, it was unreal and temporary. They just excited because of the miracle. That's why he wanted to calm the excitement 
rather than to increase it. And here we see that the Lord Jesus Christ did not fail Jairus. He did not fail also the woman who needed healing. Yes, Jairus maybe was frustrated, but the Lord did not fail him. In serving both of them, the bleeding woman and Jairus, he needed to stretch the faith of Jairus, of Jairus extra far. So with this experience, definitely the faith of Jairus grew. In all this we see how the work of the Lord Jesus is different, yet the same among each individual. Let's compare between the bleeding woman and the daughter of Jairus. Jairus had 12 years daughter. And this daughter was dying. His li- her life was about to be ended. And the bleeding woman had 12 years of agony that seemed hopeless to heal. She went to all physicians. She spent all her money. So it was hopeless to heal. Jairus was an important man, ruler of the synagogue. This woman was nobody. We don't even know her name. Jairus probably was wealthy. He was an important man, the ruler of synagogue. This woman was poor. We knew that she spent all her money on doctors and physicians. Jairus came publicly. This woman came secretly. Jairus thought Jesus had to do a lot to heal his daughter. He has to come to the house and to heal the daughter. But this woman thought that all she needed just to touch the border of the garment of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus responded to the woman immediately, but he responded to Jairus after a delay. Jairus' daughter was healed secretly but the woman was healed publicly. He, he did not allow anybody to see the miracle of raising the daughter of Jairus, except Peter, James, and John and her parents. He asked the multitude to leave, and he charged them not to say to anybody. So she was healed secretly, but this woman was healed publicly. This actually concludes our Bible study uh, for today. Uh, glory be to God forever and forever. Amen.